0: If one cannot enjoy reading a book over and over again, there is no use in reading it at all. Oscar Wilde. Hello and welcome to the Turn Rate right Podcast. This is the final episode of this year. This is episode 114, recapping all the books I read this year, part two. If you missed last week's episode, be sure to catch up on that because I reviewed 11 books on there um, that I read this year. And as always, I'm going to be giving my honest, unbiased opinion. Um, That's the beautiful thing thing about art. You know, it's subjective. Everybody feels differently about it. What may be a right book for you may not be a book that someone else enjoyed. And as I said on last week's episode, that's just my disclaimer going out there. Um, I respect every author. I know how hard it is to write. And if I didn't like a story, it's nothing personal to that author. It's just... Um, how I feel about the art. So let's jump into this week's episode. I also wanted to say thank you so much for listening. Um, even if you only listen to one or two episodes this year, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. We'll be back in the new year with a bunch of episodes. I'm going to be talking about my writing goals, how I'm getting motivated to write, and what I want to do with my current work in progress, how I want to publish it, and I will take you guys along on that journey. So be sure you subscribe, follow us on twitter so you don't miss an episode. So the 12th book that I read this year was The Handmaid's Tale by Margaret Atwood. It was the only dystopian novel that I read and I loved it. I don't know what took me so long to read this book because I love dystopians. I especially love when a woman can write a dystopian. I think that's amazing. I love the language of it all. I love the symbolism. I'm not going to go into too much depth about this Um, particular book because I did do an entire episode analyzing it Um, but I just thought that it was just really good you know there were so many provocative lines we couldn't even be trusted with guns they talk about this return to traditional values folk art with no further use waste not want not I am not being wasted why do I want I loved how direct and short the prose was throughout the whole novel literally no words were wasted in this story Another line I really liked was, whenever Offord was talking about meeting the commander, she said she felt like cotton candy, sugar and air. Squeeze me and I turn into a small, sickly, damp wad of weeping pinky red. And I just have to say, I think Margaret Atwood is so intelligent. She really figured out womanhood and the patriarchy and everything like that, you know, years ago. And I think that's just so incredible because a lot of, you know, her ideas are, I think, gaining more popularity or being recognized now and especially too with like the netflix series which i haven't seen the netflix series but you know i was a feminist before i read this story but i think after reading it it really opened my eyes even further on certain things i love the open-ended ending i know there is an epilogue there but i still think just whenever Alfred steps into that car to me it's very ambiguous and it's like margaret atwood is letting the reader do some of the work and i love that in a story i don't want everything completely figured out for me in general, I just like more intuitive, open-ended things. So, incredible story. I definitely recommend it if you haven't already read this story. Um, You know, we never read it in my high school English class, which I think just goes to show you that, you know, we read 1984 by George Orwell. We read Animal Farm, but we didn't read this book, and I think that is a shame. Anyway, Moving along to the next book that I read, Verity by Colleen Hoover. This was, of course, an enormously popular um, TikTok fan favorite story, and it's marketed like as a thriller, but I wouldn't quite say it's a thriller. It's got a lot of romance, like, Colleen Hoover is known for. I don't know. I feel like whenever I read this book, I had a lot of different issues with it. It was my favorite Colleen Hoover book that I've read, and I do love how Colleen Hoover is... You know, making so many people readers and I think that's great but I'm just not like totally enamored with the style of writing that she does I think it's quite cheesy and I feel like the intro to this story with the blood splattering it actually kind of made me angry it felt like if I or someone in like my literary critique group wrote that people would be like that's so cheesy and like far-fetched and that's just kind of how I think a lot of the dialogue and scenes are in her stories But I do think she writes a really tight plot, and this story was very easy to get through because the plot was so quick. Some of the lines were so, like, baseline, unimaginative, just way too overly sexual for me. Um, For example, uh, the two characters, Jeremy and the protagonist, were talking, and she said, He fed me before he effed me. And to me, that was just, like, such a cheesy line. Um, very like soap opera-esque and so that's kind of what I don't really care for about Colleen Hoover's books is just this overly sexual cheesy dialogue. It's just not for me and I also think in general I'm not like into romance as the only plot line. I like romance more as a subplot in genres like sci-fi, dystopia, or, you know, YF, or just even commercial lit. I just kind of like more of a subtle romance rather than how much explicitly these types of novels are focused on romance. I also kind of thought that it was not that believable that Lowen, this sort of, you know, lowly, unconfident girl, you know, had the guts to fall in love with Jeremy in that whole plot line. It was just a little unbelievable to me. And I also just thought the ending was kind of like out of character for, um, what we had been shown throughout the book the next story i read was the only nonfiction book i read this year and that was i'm glad my mom died by jeanette mccurdy i honestly didn't even know who jeanette mccurdy was until i read this story Um, it just sounded really interesting to me and when i read the first few pages i was like instantly hooked jeanette mccurdy has a great writing style she tells the story of um, her childhood growing up how she became a star She was on a Nickelodeon show um, for years and she was kind of forced into acting by her mother and the things that her mother did to her, um, you know, as far as body image, eating disorder, and even just like forcing her to perform while she was sick is just so messed up and I just feel so bad for Jeanette McCurdy. Um, It's just a really sad story when you think about everything that she went through Her mom was literally psycho and destroyed her childhood, but it was just a really eye-opening story. The next book that I read was one of my least favorite books of the year. It was called The Moonshiner's Daughter, and the book was marketed as sort of a book to read if you liked uh, Where the Crawdads Sing by Delia Owens, and I wasn't like the hugest Crawdads fan so I'm not even sure why I read this story but I feel like this story just really lacked voice and the story was just not that interesting. I felt like it kind of dragged. I did have a lot of empathy for Jessie the protagonist. I felt bad for her with her eating disorder and the loss of her mom um, and just how she kind of had to survive without a motherly figure and growing up in this household where they illegally made moonshine and she didn't fit in in at school, and so I think she was a well thought-out character. I just think the plot of the story was just generally not that interesting, and the story didn't have a distinctive enough voice to really like carry the novel and keep me interested. I then read Carrie Soto is back by Taylor Jenkins Reed. As I mentioned on last week's episode, I love Taylor Jenkins Reed. She's probably my favorite modern day author, and this is going to be a very unpopular opinion, at least as far as the book talk goes, but I think Carrie Soto is back is much better than Daisy Jones and the Six. I really enjoyed this story. It wasn't my favorite TJR book. I definitely like both Malibu Rising and Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo better, but I thought Carrie Soto was a very strong female character. I love how we saw um, Carrie as a young tennis star in the impact of her mother's death and her father's coaching had on her and how she really transformed as a person throughout the course of the novel. I loved seeing that transformation of her. And i think that if you are like a type one enneagram you're kind of like a go-getter you know that kind of a person i think you'll connect with carrie soto because i know i did even though i know nothing about tennis i'm not interested in tennis at all and that was probably one of the more mundane parts of the book is some of the very specific tennis lingo but despite that i still felt really connected with carrie and i was rooting for her and i understood her desire to win and i think the people that don't like this story Maybe don't feel that connection with her as a character, um, because I feel like in order to like this story, you either have to feel connected to Carrie and empathize with her, or you have to be interested in tennis. Um, But once again, this was just a great style of writing from Taylor Jenkins Reid, true to her style of writing, you know, very fast paced, lots of great metaphors, great characterization. Um, and I just think it's so cool that like she wrote Carrie Soto as a minor character in Malibu Rising and Carrie Soto was so interesting that, you know, she was able that Taylor Jenkins Reid was able to. Uh, take carrie soto out of that book and write her own full narrative in another story and i think that's really cool uh, as a writer and i just loved carrie's dad he's such a sweetheart the next book i read was a thriller the sanatorium this book was so creepy lots of mystery i loved it it was so fast-paced Honestly, this might be one of my favorite thrillers that I've ever read. I love the different perspectives. I think it really added to the great pacing. Um, all the backstories were really interesting. And and I love how it was kind of like this setup that it was Isaac. And it was like really believable that Isaac may have done it. And I just feel like there was like lots of different red herrings. And I loved it. But essentially, the story is about um, the protagonist, Ellen. She is going... Um, With her boyfriend to celebrate their anniversary at this ski resort and she's meeting up with her brother um, Isaac and they have had some trauma in the past and they're not exactly on super great terms But they're going there and they're meeting up lots of creepy things begin happening when they're on this resort Um, There's some creepy heritage Of what this resort was before ie a sanatorium Um, You know as soon as they get there someone goes missing and someone is found murdered And Ellen is a detective and she uncovers, um, you know, what is happening. So it was just a really well set up book. Really interested, really interesting story. Definitely a page turner. Then I read The Wife Between Us by Sarah Pekkanen and Greer Hendricks. And this story, I liked it a lot better than The Golden Couple. I was instantly empathizing with Vanessa and... I just am generally a fan of slow burn character driven thrillers, so this was kind of right up my market. Um, It was a juicy perspective, but I do think that this story, kind of like The Golden Couple, was just like a little bit too long. I don't understand why the books by these authors are always so long because I feel like they could be cut by like 50 or 60 pages and they would be a lot juicier. And I think more people would really talk about them because I feel like the characters are always really good. The setup is good, but they just kind of like fizzle a little bit. Like there's not quite enough action. I also just am tired of reading about like rapes as the ghost of the character. It's just a little tropey to me at this point, And I feel like I've seen that in so many different thrillers. So that was something else I didn't really like like about that. Um, and it was also kind of a similar concept to Mrs. The Last Mrs. Parrish. Um, Very similar plot lines, but I do think this story was executed a lot better than The Last Mrs. Parrish. It just wasn't as cheesy, and the characters were a lot more likable. Next, I read Little Secrets by Jennifer Hiller. This was another really, really strong thriller for me. This is the first that I've read by Jennifer Hiller, but I've heard she has written a lot of other books, and I've heard great things about some of her other work. so I think I'm going to delve more into her next year. really like the story, very quick-paced. I like the mention of Seattle um the detail about their lives first couple pages and then boom the action happens and we're instantly thrust into the mystery of the story um Marin she's very easy to empathize with you know she is this great mom she owns uh, a hairstyling business and she is in the public market in Seattle at christmas time everything's very busy and she sort of accidentally lets go of her child's hand and he gets abducted and then the story picks up in six months, and we reveal different things about Marin and her husband. They've kind of drifted apart a bit. They're both taking it hard. And the story is, of course, a you know, who done it, figuring out who took this boy, and also dealing with Marin and her husband's grief and themselves as characters. So I think it was, you know, great characterization, great plot. And I did know who, who did it, honestly, from like the beginning of the novel. And this just goes back to something my English teacher always said in high school. She always said, you know, an author doesn't put something in the story unless it's important, unless, you know, you're going to pick up on it later. And I know, I knew that the one character was kind of out of place right from the get go. And to me, I was like, I know it's going to be him. And indeed it was, um, so it wasn't the husband it was another character but that's all i'm gonna say i don't want to spoil the book too much in case you haven't read it then i read the nightingale by kristin hannah i love kristin hannah she's a great author i've read a couple different stories by her and this book really wanted to make me get back into reading historical fiction i thought it was excellent i was a little bit weary of reading it because i don't always like historical fiction about the holocaust because i think that It's just really important to respect the survivors who really did go through that and, you know, to hear their stories from them firsthand or from their families. Um, But this story was, you know, it was set during the time period of the Holocaust, but um, the protagonists were not Jewish. So I think that, you know, it was it was okay. I don't I don't see any issue with that. Um, But basically the story is about two French sisters, Uh, they have very different personalities, and it's about um, their lives through World War II and the tests that they undergo. And it's beautiful because we see these girls at the beginning of the novel and how they were like untouched by war. And then we see their transformations throughout the story. Um, it was just a beautiful novel, beautiful metaphors, uh, makes you cry, makes you think about life. And if you don't know much about World War II and the Holocaust, this is like a great introduction to that. Um, I've read a ton about World War II and the Holocaust, um, Growing up, I was very interested in it, and I did a lot of of research, reading, learning. I visited different Holocaust museums, and it's just this insanely awful, tragic thing that happened, but it's something that everybody needs to be aware of. So I feel like it's it's really good if you don't have much knowledge about it, but it's also really good if you do have knowledge about it, because that's another thing, too. I thought it was like a very fresh take on World War Two and the Holocaust, because we were learning from the perspective of Catholic French girls, which I feel like is not the case. I feel like a lot of accounts from World War II and the Holocaust are more either German, Polish, or Dutch accounts, or like American or Great Britain kind of like the outsider's perspectives. Or I feel like if it is a French account, it's usually from a Jewish person living in France. So I thought it was really interesting that it was Catholic people living in, in France and, and seeing their perspective and seeing how brutal the Nazis were to them too, even though they weren't Jewish. So it's definitely one of the best books I've ever read. I know I'm going to read this book again. Um, it's just so good. I've read so many good books this year. It's hard for me to say like this was the best book I read of the year, but Thinking about it, it probably was. Finally, I read Lessons in Chemistry, which this was like a book of the year um, on some list. I forget which list, but I really liked it. I could definitely see why. Um, It was a really strong theme, strong female character. I liked the short sentences and quick pacing. Um, Again, kind of almost John Green YF-esque writing style, which I really liked. Um, I liked the cute and cheesy phrases, the adorable and awkward couple. And it's just really cute um, to see the protagonist, Elizabeth Zott and Calvin, their relationship. And then there's a twist and it's heartbreaking what happened. Um, And then it's also interesting to see how Elizabeth uh, struggled as a woman in chemistry and how unfair things were for women back in the 1950s and 60s. So um, it was a really great perspective of how that how that used to be and how far we've come and how far we still need to go so um, I think it's good it's a good story in terms of romance it's a good story in terms of strong female character and the message so I would definitely recommend it to anyone and those are all of the books I read this year in 2022 I read 21 books I am in the middle of another book but I'm going to save that book for next year's recap because I think I will be finishing it early in the new year but once again thanks for listening to my podcast I can't believe I uploaded every single week of this year I'm so proud of that fact I probably won't upload every single week next year just because I have some new writing goals for myself but I'm going to be uploading very consistently and you can definitely expect a couple podcasts a month from me here Um, but follow us on Twitter follow my personal Twitter um, Caitlin Greco And thanks so much for listening. As always, keep writing, keep reading, and keep querying. And I'll talk to you on our next road trip.